today I really want to really want to dedicate this to Gen Z, this message. And I'm going to talk about Gen Z, and there's some really interesting things that happen uh, in the Hebrew calendar, in the Hebrew language, with the letter Z, and where we are. And so pray that God will give me the all the insight I need to share that with you. But let me, let me give you a couple of uh, opening bullet points just to think about. Here's the first one. God releases new levels of revelation to each generation. Now, I want, I want to put that, I want to make that really simple to understand that we know more today about the Word of God than they did 100 years ago. And it is because of something called progressive revelation. What that means is that God is continually revealing more and more truth to every generation as we get closer to the return of Christ. There's also individual revelation that is progressive. And what that means is that as you grow in a, as a Christian, you're going to understand more about the Bible now uh, than you did a year ago, for example, if you're, if you're faithful to read it, study it. Okay, second bullet point. These are days of prophetic acceleration. Now, this might sound a little bit, duh, that makes sense, but we are living in a time the closest to the return of Christ, but more than that, we're living in the time of the greatest prophetic fulfillments in history. In the last 75 years, there have been at least 15 prophecies fulfilled that point to the return of Christ. That makes us very unique. Third thing is shifting spiritual climate opens the door for the miraculous. So what happens in in, in the word of God is there's three big seasons of miracles, signs, and wonders. The first was with Moses. The second was in that period of the prophets with guys like Elijah and Elisha. And the third one is before and during the return of Christ. So we're living in very, very interesting uh, prophetic times and a spiritual climate that, that really calls upon us, almost begs us, won't you believe me for something? And that wasn't true 100 years ago. What was happening 100 to 150 years ago was reach the world with missions. But this is a different day. This is a day where we're going to see more and more, and Gen Z, I'm gonna shout out to you, more and more of you in filled with power, given spiritual gifts. You see, signs and wonders are the language of the last days. And you have to step into that. You have to embrace that and say, I will go. I will go. The other. Thanks, Julie. That was really helpful. (laughs) So what you want to do is you want to say, what is it that I can do? Where do I step? And you just say, God, here I am. I'm stepping in, and I'm believing you for you to infuse me with spiritual power and an anointing that comes from on high. Refuse to let the enemy tell you it's not true. Refuse to tell, let you say that, the, the, read the circumstances, say it doesn't seem to be happening. You just declare it by faith. Yeah. Now, Gen Z is interesting, and if you don't know who, what generation that is, they were born between the years of 1998 and 2012. So they're 11 to 25 years old, roughly. Most of you, that's not you. 
because you can't do math. But in the Hebrew, the, the, the letter Z is Zion. And its numerical value is seven. And its meaning is the sword. Now, what makes that really interesting is the day in which we live right now because on the Jewish calendar, the year is 5,784. Now, the way the rabbis calculated that, they went back to Adam and they calculated the generations. And they said, based on the generation, there's 5,784 Jewish years since Adam. Now, God loves the number seven. Gen Z, God loves the number seven. You are the seventh letter in the Jewish uh, alphabet. Now, there's been almost 6,000 years of history since Adam. Now, the world is much older than 6,000 years. It was a how old is it? I don't know, 10 billion? Doesn't really matter. Nobody here was there. <laughs> Am I right? Okay, what we do know in the Jewish calendar is 5,784. God works in seven, and we know what the last thousand years are. They're the millennial reign of Christ. Jesus said no one can know the day. I believe that. No one can know the hour. I believe that. But he does reveal to us seasons and times in the word of God. So let's do the math. Let's suppose that God is going to complete this cycle in 6,000 years. That means there's 16 years before the return of Christ. You're saying, are you telling me he's coming back in 16 years? No. I'm telling you, let's suppose that that calendar's right and God works on this period because that would be 6,000 years of recorded history in a 1,000-year uh, millennial reign of Jesus Christ. Let's suppose that that little nudge I just gave you is not correct. What it will do is it will cause you to accelerate your spiritual life now in preparation for the return of Christ. So even if I'm off, we need a nudge, amen? We need to realize the days we're living in. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to learn how to reverse the strategy of the enemy. Reverse the strategy. Say that with me. Reverse the strategy of the enemy. Let's go to the book of Judges. Now, the book of Judges is a period of dark history in the life of Israel. Moses has died, Joshua has now died, and now we're entering into there's no leadership in the land, and so God raises up judges, leaders like Samson, to lead the people in that time. So let's look at Judges 2.7. So the people served the Lord all the days of Joshua. And all the elders who outlived Joshua, who had seen the great works of the Lord, which he had done for Israel. Now here's the reminder. Some people saw the works of God, but the next generation weren't going to see them. Because either the, that generation failed to encourage or pass on spiritual anointing and power and gifts, or that next generation refused them. One of the two is true. Let's go on in the book of Judges. Judges chapter two and verse 10. When all of that generation had gathered to their fathers, that means they died, another a generation arose after them who did not know the Lord nor the work which he had done for Israel. You see, we're only one generation out of paganism. 
If you live out your faith, but you don't help somebody else to live out their faith, you haven't done what God called you to do. Pastor Allen, in our pre-service prayer, prayed that God would raise up fathers and mothers for the house that would encourage and be in the hearts and lives of, of young people for the faith. That's what this is talking about. We need a generation that says, whether I have a father or mother in the faith, I'm moving forward. I'm not gonna stop. I'm not going to hesitate. I'm not gonna stay in reserve, and I'm not going to accept the narrative that is being given to me today in the world somehow that I don't count, Christians don't matter, and that we can't win. I got news for you. I read the last chapter. We're gonna win, amen? Psalm chapter 145 and verse four. One generation shall praise your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. Here's what it says. Whatever generation you're in, whatever age you are, you need to declare the, the, the praises of God to those younger than you. And if you happen to be Gen Z, you need to declare the praise to those younger than you. You always need to be using that seniority of age for the younger generation to speak into their life that they might be powerful warriors for the kingdom of God. I believe that God gave us this church, God's raised us up for a reason, a purpose to make a difference in the world, to influence our world for Jesus Christ. You know, people ask me, how did you come up with the name influence? Well, I said, you know, right after you say we're gonna call it influence, you have regret. Because then you think, what if we have none? It's like, you know, naming your boy Atlas and he's four foot tall or something. You know what I mean? It's like, and then during pandemic, you know, when we didn't close our church, we were called the Influenza Church. I mean, so, you know, you get everything with this name Influence, let me tell you. But I want you to know that we're going to go into the high schools. We, we started last year going into the high schools. We saw two and 300 students show up on their own volition, on their own lunch break, to hear about Jesus. We're going to expand this fall into three and we need your help with that. Watch this video, and then I'll tell you how you can help. We are Influence Youth, called to be a generation with a heart after Jesus. We are commissioning our generation to go out and preach the gospel. The message of Jesus is for everyone. Our mission field, the school. If we don't bring it, who will? So here's how you can help. A dollar a day, $30 a month, to Jesus Clubs. It's on your app. You can go on the website and say, I'd like to help with that. And depending on how, you say, well, I could do 30 easy. Well, maybe you could do 60 a month. But whatever you can do, contribute to that, and it'll allow us to expand more and more into the public school system with the Jesus Clubs. We've seen probably over 100 saved already in this ministry. And But the other thing it does is it, it, it gives the students that go to that school, it really gives them power to speak to other students. You know, you know, it's hard to do something by yourself, amen? But if you've got somebody else and says, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm going to the Jesus Club, oh, you are? Well, I'll go with you. 
And that's what we want to do, encourage this kind of stuff. Let's look at Joel chapter 1 and verse 3. Tell your children about it. Let your children tell their children, and their children tell another generation. You see, this is what the Word of God is all about. It's about always speaking you know, Christianity was, you know, years ago people said, well, Christianity is kind of a private thing, or religion is a private thing. That's the lie of the enemy. If you've, if you've ever said that, repent right now, all right, and just say, I'm never saying that again, because he wants to shut the mouth of Christians in every environment they find themselves in. You may have heard this story. I was a, a pre-law student at UNC, and uh, I was a newly uh, born Christian, and the professor in this class of probably 600 students said, is anybody here a Christian? And I thought, well, this is cool. <laughs> you know, they, they, he's a Christian. He wants to know who the Christians are. Like four of us stood up. And then he said, all right, students, I want you to look at these students. These are the biggest fools that ever walked the face of the earth. It didn't discourage me. It encouraged me. I said, look at the mission field I've got here. Everybody's lost. I, this is great. And so what we want to do is we want to give encouragement. We want to give power. We want to give tools to all of our students. You see, the other thing we know is exposure to the supernatural works of God increases your capacity. When you get around people that trust God, when you get around seeing the miracles of God, you go, if God can do it for them, why can't he do it for me? Amen? I'm just going to assume God's going to do that. I remember the first time I, we started doing crusades in El Salvador, and we went with this crazy evangelist, and uh, he literally was crazy. And he'd go down all the streets, and he's, he's just talking to everybody about the Jesus and handing out tracts, and, and I'm sitting there going like, well, what if they don't want him? He said, that's all right. They'll throw him down, and the guys at the back, he'll pick him up, and we'll just reuse him. <laughs> and I didn't know what I was getting into. And we go down to the square, and we start preaching, and, and a, a crowd of maybe 150, 200 would gather every, every day down in the square. And there would be all kinds of people. There were people from the Communist Party, the FMLN, there, and they were hurling you know, accusations at us, and they'd been in a civil war for 16 years against the nation. There was one time there was a demon-possessed guy with a stick uh, trying to stab me. He said, how do you know he was demon-possessed? Because he was, had a stick, and he was trying to stab me. You get somebody with a stick trying to stab you, you'll think he's, and then I got so mad because he was trying to stab at me while I was preaching. When I got down preaching, I said, I'm going after that guy. I got another guy, I said, well, what if he stabbed you? So then I'm gonna put you in front of me. We're gonna get that guy. And that guy ran from me because the power of God. We took our, our, our kids down there and they got up in the street and they preached the gospel to Salvadoranians there uh, every day in the, in the streets. And then at night, we'd do these big crusades. We'd show the Jesus film or a, another one uh, called The Burning Hell. That was their favorite one. It was the worst produced movie you've ever seen. Uh, it was done by some church in the 60s, and the preacher was, the, was the, the main actor, and he was horrible. But everybody wanted to see The Burning Hell. You know, and they would get saved and changed, and so many students got got transformed and led into the power of God through that very process. You see, the other thing we have to remember in the day we're living in: be ready for the trumpet sound. Do you know the Bible has a lot to say about a trumpet? In fact, in the feast, there's a feast called the Feast of Trumpets. Ten days before that, they have a hundred blasts of the trumpet. Let me tell you a little bit about them. The three, the three of the sets are 33 blasts. 
And then there's the last one, one set of one final trumpet. The first trumpet is Takea. It's an unbroken sound, and it's a call to search your heart and forsake sin. That's why we gather together. Because there's a trumpet sound that says you need to search your heart and forsake sin. The second one is Takura. It's a broken staccato, and it's sorrow for sin. So you search your heart, you, and you repent, and then you think, I gotta be sorrowful for my heart. So the next, next 33 blasts, you're, you're reminded yourself to be sorrow for sin. And then there's Shiavarim, and Shiavarim is a sound of alarm. And it's a call to stand with the Lord. It's not enough to repent. It's not enough to be sorry. Are you standing with God in the marketplace, in your community, in your world for Jesus Christ? If you're not standing, then you've already fallen. This is no time for quietness. This is time for boldness. And the last one, which was one sound of the, of the trumpet, it was Sakia Ha Gadal, and it means the final appeal. In other words, if you don't, if you don't listen to this one and change, it's too late. It was an alarm. First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 50. It says, Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. Do you know there's a trumpet sound coming? It's going to be the last trumpet. It'll be too late, for the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. In Matthew's gospel, it says in verse chapter 24, the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven. And then all the tribes of the earth will mourn when they see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory, and he will send his angels with the great sound of a, say it with me, a trumpet. And they will gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of the heaven to the other. Further in Matthew 24, but of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, but my Father only." But as the days of Noah were, so also will it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. Two men will be in the field. One will be taken, the other left. Do you realize some people in this room will not be taken at the rapture? Do you say, well, I'm in church. It doesn't matter. So is the devil. You say, well, I'm religious. doesn't matter. So so are the demons. Religion and church attendance does not bring about salvation. You have to be born into the kingdom of God to be saved. I always like to use the word true believers. Are you a true believer? Are you a counterfeit believer? You say, well, I, how do I know? Has your life changed? When you believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, were you transformed by his power? Were you brought into his likeness? Do you have a hunger for God, or do you find ways to neglect the Bible and neglect church? You see, you have to look at your heart. It's the only way you can do it. It says two men will be in the field. One will be taken. The other will be left. Two women grinding at the mill. One will be taken. The other left. Watch, therefore, for you do not know the hour that the Lord is coming. You see, the Bible is written in such a way from God to force us to live in the expectancy of the hour, and all the more now that we're living in prophetic fulfillment days. 
We're living in a time, I really believe, I believe this part. I believe Generation Z is going to be the last generation before the return of the Lord. Now, I don't know when that is in that time period, but I really believe we're living in a very unique time. So what are we going to do? We're going to do the unexpected. You know what what the expected is? Well, Christians go to church and they don't talk about Jesus all week. That's the expected. It's what everybody expects. Christians go to church when it's convenient. That's what's expected. Christians read their Bible when they get in trouble. Expected. I'm going to say, why don't we do the unexpected? Why don't we read and pray and witness and go to church and be a part of the kingdom of God on a regular basis as a lifestyle and not as a hobby? Amen? Amen. Look at Psalm 22. It will be recounted of the Lord to the next generation. They will come and declare his righteousness to a people who will be born that he has done this. Daniel chapter 4, verse 3. How great are his signs and mighty his wonders. His kingdom is everlasting kingdom. His dominion is from what? Generation to generation. Amen? Malachi chapter 4, verse 5. Behold, I will send Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. I had to smile because Pastor Allen, in his pre-service prayer, he read the scripture. And I said, isn't it interesting how the Holy Spirit puts things together? You just go like, how did that happen? What a coincidence. If you know me, you know I don't believe in coincidences. In fact, there is no Hebrew word for the word coincidence. Now look what else it says. And he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to their fathers. If we don't respond, look what he says, lest I come and strike the earth with a curse. Men, fathers, whether you have children of your own, you're a spiritual father. This is on you. This is not on your wife. The scripture's on you. Doesn't mean you can't apply it to your life, ladies, but this is on men. Men, you're called to be fathers in the faith. You're called to be spiritual. And what are you going to do? Part of what this prophecy is all about is healing broken families. It's what it is. It's about the healing that comes in the power of God. It's about spiritual power among men. If you're a man, you've been waning a little bit in your spiritual life, I got a good Hebrew word for you. Stop it. (laughs) Step up. Amen? Amen. Just step up. You're going to have a lot of fun walking with God. Step into what God wants you to be and do as a man. Be a spiritual father. You say, well, I don't know how to do that. Well, we'll show you. I mean, you come and get in one of our men's groups, they'll help you. You come stand up front here with a bunch of these crazy men, they'll help you. Amen? You go to the men's conference this fall, you're going to find out a lot. That's how these guys got crazy. Amen? All right, and then are you reuniting of fathers and sons? You see, what we do know, as it was in the days of Noah, we can say, okay, what was happening there? There was a disintegration of the entire fabric of society in Noah's day. They were going through the motions, acting like everything was fine, but everything was falling apart. And what God wants to do is bring everything back together. 
You see, when God, when God took the earth and it says it was chaos, right? There was chaos happening in the world and God turned that chaos into cosmos, into order. And you know, you, you might have all these different compartments in your brain, men. You know, you got one compartment, you say, I got three of them are working really good, two of them are out, but I'm, a, I'm fine, I'm a silo everything. That's the difference between men and women's brains. Men have like eight silos. If one or two of them are working, they're fine. Their whole life is falling apart, they're fine. Women have just one big hole up there and everything's inter, interconnected, right? It's just like, not a hole, I don't mean that, that way, ladies. I mean, they have one thing, everything is related. It's very holistic. That sound better? I gotta get out of trouble here. <laughs> there won't be a man left here on the planet Earth. But you think about it, fix the stuff that's broken that's what shalom means. That Hebrew word priest, nothing missing, nothing broken. That calls on us to be healed, amen? Calls on us to return. I'll tell you what I wanna do. I wanna be able to look back one day and say, look at all the Gen Zers who are leading churches all across America. Look at all the Gen Zers who are standing up for their faith. Look at all the Gen Zers that outran us in their commitment to Jesus. Amen? Be that generation. Be that generation before the return of the Lord. You see, the days of Elijah is a period marked with spiritual awakening and restoration, a calling for repentance and reconciliation in our relationships with God and with one another. We're gonna give you a chance to do that right now. Would you stand with me? you want to come here to the front, we're going to pray over everyone, and we're just going to pray a blessing, a blessing of Elijah over you today. Especially men, this is for you. This is your moment. This is where you start stepping up to be the man of God God has called you to be. Your wife might have to nudge you a little bit. That's okay. Everybody's welcome up here at the front. Just come on up. But men of you especially, come, come. Men have a unique capacity to wait to the last minute for everything. It's, a, it's like a gift, amen? It's like a gift. All right, just crowd in here. Give, make room for everybody. Amen, just squeeze in here, guys. If you're standing next to a guy you don't know, introduce yourself. If you're standing next to a guy you don't like, forgive him. Amen. All right. I want to pray this blessing over you. Father, we pray the blessing of Elijah over everyone in this room, Father, especially the men in this room, that they might step up and be the men of God that you've called them to be, that you might pour into them an anointing and a power that comes from on high that they might speak the words of God, read the words of God, and live out the words of God in everything they do. Father, these are the days of Elijah. These are the days of restoration and repentance. These are the days of power and anointing, Father, before the return of the Lord. God, we don't know when you're coming back, Father, but we wanna be ready. We wanna be powerful in your sight. We wanna be the men and women of God that you've called us to be. 
Can you say, yes, I wanna be that person? Amen. And right now, I impart to you the spirit of Elijah. They mean you might walk in power, you might declare to your generation the coming of the days of the Lord. In Jesus' name, if you receive it, say, I receive it. I receive it, amen.